Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 1st of April, 2018. I'd like to start off by hoping you're all getting through this winter. Still winter where I am, and of course, the winters are getting longer and longer because of <clears throat> global warming. And it's the same all over Europe, or a good part of Europe, by the way. And I think even Britain saw under snow this weekend as well, as we speak. But as I say, you know, once we pay all this carbon taxes and so on, it will magically disappear, apparently. But of course, that's a big lie too, because it's a big agenda to control the planet and everything on it, and everybody. It's a big eugenics technique, basically, to give the authorities, which are all set up and running different departments, of what they call governance now. It's all these agencies tacked on to government, which you don't vote for, which is really running the whole show now. For depopulation, for getting rid of homogenous cultures across Europe and elsewhere. That's all part of it. They're quite open about it in very old articles, and even more recent ones too. The agenda's going very, very well, according to plan. So to control it, the whole system into austerity, where you will consume less of all kinds of things, be trained to, to save yourselves and the world through a lot of fear-mongering, etc., you'll be brought down into it step by step by scary, scary stories and scary scenarios to make you conform. And of course, the children are getting taught it in school, so they'll adapt quite happily into it. It's quite interesting that recently, in fact, you find that in, in Britain, for instance, you'll find the politicians even saying recently, the other day, in fact, in the paper, uh, maybe Mr. Clegg himself, that uh, he's, he just wished that the older folk would die off. He said that. Just die off, and they could stop this Brexit nonsense, etc. And all the other things, of course, the older folk who haven't been totally brainwashed are complaining about, such as the weather modifications, things like that, you see. That's what they all think of the people. They just die off, because the young ones are totally brainwashed. They're quite happy. They've got all the sex and drugs of any previous generation, and all the electronic toys, too, lots of cheap entertainment. They won't complain about too much. Once they're stoned, and they legalize drugs all, all over the place, People who are stoned tend not to demonstrate or complain about very much. And that's all part of the agenda as well. It's quite wonderful in a sense, in a very evil sort of way, if you look at the whole system, how it's been managed and manipulated. And so what they give you for news has got really nothing to do with the mechanisms that really govern your lives. They give you the ones that you think are governing your lives, like politicians, because you all think you're free, don't you? And therefore, they give you little tittle bits and, and, and nonsense for news today, and pit, lots of pictures, and a lot of funny things about pets, etc. All that kind of stuff, which is not news at all. And anything out of Hollywood with the, with the so-called actors, and act, I don't call them stars, they're actors and actresses, whatever they're doing, that's not news to me either. It doesn't affect my life at all. Something that affects your life is, is more news than anything else. But you're not giving that anymore. Because you see, you're supposed to just leave it to this big, invisible... I guess the ancient Akkadians had a, had a picture of the governing gods all above you, this big dome. And above that was all the gods. And that's what governed you, you see. Today, it's, it's this thing called governance. And, and, and thousands of agencies of all kinds that your tax money is actually funding. And it's very lucrative to get into these agencies. All kinds of behaviorist organizations... And, and neuroscientists and so on, stacks and stacks of them, all the way down to whole departments running the world's cultures and how step by step they'll intermingle this group with that group, etc., and, and work their way through it. 
regardless of the consequences. In the meantime, it's just unfortunate, I've said before, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. And so all the chaos and <laughs> that's going across Europe right now is just the breaking of the eggs. And it's just tough. We're not seeing, you see, as really individual human beings at all. We're seeing as masses of people. Masses of people who have to be managed as a mass. You're a thing, an object. Something that the behaviorists long ago that worked, came into their own really after World War I, and many of them were employed at the time to, to find ways to get the troops, and I've mentioned this before, to, to actually kill people when they put America into it especially, they, they found that most folk didn't really want to kill enemy. You had to train them to kill and teach them to kill and, and actually alter their mindsets to kill. And so they hired the early behaviorists and Watson and different ones too to come into their own and, and teach the troops not to see the enemy as actually human at all. And it's been perfected today. I mean, they, they, they were, back in the 80s and 90s, I talked about all the video games that they were throwing out, where they came from, the, how the military-industrial complex was actually financing uh, the, the making of them, to train children and, and observe to see if they could raise a crop, a whole generation, to fill the uniforms for the coming wars, which they had planned way back then, under different guises. And sure enough, they have done it all. They've even had documentaries from Xbox to Air Force, whoever it happens to be or to the army, and it works awfully well. So dehumanizing the people was a big, big thing for the behaviorists to teach troops. And they, once the war was over in World War One, they went straight into marketing, the Bernays types, and they went into manipulating the populations on behalf of governments. And that's never stopped. And of course, they have big departments through all different universities across the world, working on different grants given by us, of course, to manipulate us even further for the masters that run the world. Don't forget the masters that run the world. Bernays touched on it. He said, the invisible powers that make you do what they want you to do. And so it was already there a long time ago, and now it's perfected today. Most folk never know their whole life long that the opinions they come to, the conclusions they arrive at, are not theirs at all. They're actually being nudged and guided the whole way about certain opinions. Lots of it even through fiction as well. You can make someone believe anything through fiction. That's what it's called fiction. It's not real. But to the people who's watching it and they get engrossed in the, in the plot, etc., it's very, very real. And they can paint and target any group that's been really rotten and evil. And, and a great one of Hollywood has always been the rednecks. Oh, they're rednecks. Anybody outside the big city is, is scary to the city folk. Terrifying. They're all inbred folk. Oh, they're inbred, my God. And they're, they're just nasty and rotten to anybody. That's just how they are. In every movie, you notice that. Because the folk in the cities, especially in New, in New York or, or L.A., they're terrified of folk in the country. It's astonishing. So the redneck is, is an easy, easy target. Has been for an awful long time. And, of course, they, they never say that's racist, but, of course, it is racist. Of course, it's racist to say they're all inbred, etc., etc., etc. And that's how they behaved, etc., too. That's utter nonsense. But... Perception management is, is very, very strong, and it's very perfected how to put it across to people. But you'll find, often, that the champions of the left, like the ones who destroyed the working class of Britain because they never stood up for them, and, and flooded the country again with very, very cheap labour from different countries, had nothing to do with, with liking the country they ruled over, as I've said before. And the same in the US as well, the champions of the so-called poor and, and the working classes have done nothing but trod on them and put them under foot 
especially to, I'd say, the South as well, because it was mainly working class folk, still is. If they can get a job at all to work at these days. But that's life, you see. Life is a distortion of all facts. Life is run by experts who, who will change in your mind any facts that actually exist. As I say, it's perception management. Never stops your entire life long. And as I say, when it comes to demonizing people, the war industry is the best one of all. And you always find that the war industry often has nothing to do with patriotism at the very, very top. It's an industry. It's an industry. And just like what's happening today across the world, where we're all seen as just the mass, and the mass must be taught to get along with each other, and the masses must be forced to do this and go into austerity and blah, the mass, the mass, the mass. The mass started with, with Karl Marx. And he talked about the masses all the time. He didn't see individuals. In fact, the bulk of the masses, they hated the lumpen proletariat who didn't understand the so-called science of his doctrine of communism. And nothing has changed. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what you're taught in school. It's what you're taught outside of school by yourself. If you really go looking for it, you start to really learn what life is all about and what it's been about in the past for that matter too. When you look, for instance, at some people in the British upper and middle class system of the 19th century, as an example, you'll find incredible, incredible snobbery. Terrible class system. Incredible class system, actually. Which really came out of the nobility system that had for such a long, for centuries. And blue blood versus ordinary blood and all that nonsense as well. But it it was ingrained in the entire system from top to bottom. Much like India. In fact, I often think that's why the elite of Britain got on pretty well with the elite of India and other countries as well. Because they, they, they all treat their, their ordinary, their classes in much the same way. Like they're, not, they're non-beings, they're, they're kind of peasantry. It's also beautiful to, to watch the present, <laughs> present nonsense of this. Uh, it's like some rubbish of Disney, of this upcoming royal wedding or whatever it's going to be. And it's going to cost £33 million. Pounds. Well, guess who's going to pay for that, eh? That's just for the wedding. That's not all the massive security, which I bet you'll run into about a billion, at least, maybe more. So a couple can go down in a coach, etc., and go through this rubbish of wearing all their, their, their fancy furs and all that and get crowned over a nation. That literally, the head, of the, the head of the system is still the ones who get crowned in Britain and other parts of Europe too. Their cousins run the rest of the, well, Scandinavia and the countries of Europe. And meanwhile, it really have nothing to do with ordinary people. It's all make-believe stuff. It's, it's made by putting out their own productions on themselves to show how human they are. But they're so far removed from ordinary people, you, you, you couldn't believe it at all. It really. It's like at least George Bush, when he was in, the last ones with neocons, I mean, he at least was honest here and there. He couldn't, I, I don't think he had, the, he had the smarts to be anything else. He did say, and this came out from, from the people who worked with him, that he said, I've never met any poor people. He said, I don't know any. Does anybody here know any poor people? If you do, uh, find out what they think about this and that. He says, I, I don't know what they think about. I mean, they're so far removed, you understand. And royalty is even further than that. It's astonishing, really, isn't it? In this day and age, when your countries are going down the tubes and been written off, actually, with, obviously, the consent of royalty. 
Because as I say, everything under royalty is by consent of royalty, including government. Everybody who, who applies uh, to, be, to, to, to run for parliament, wherever it happens to be, or, or party in Britain, the parties, or even if they win elections, they have to go to the Queen to have the consent to carry on and, and govern. The same with the Royal Mail and the police and the military and everyone else. It's quite something, isn't it? So as we're going down the tubes and, and, and the country's getting written off, and the culture's been pretty well on its way out, what's left of it. <laughs> it's on its way out completely. And a long war has been carried on inside the country long before even 9-11 came along, forcing mass migration across the world. That was all part of the, the agenda, was to get the wars going to force mass migration. But the war is far, far deeper and bigger than anybody can imagine. Things don't just happen on any large scale. They don't happen at all. They have to be carefully examined. Who wants it? What's it for? What's the goal? What's the agenda? And it has to be approved at different levels by those who own your countries. Nothing changes there. Every country is the same that way. Over the West, that is. And a good example is China. China has taken all of these different sciences of governments and studied it, and, and they bring Westerns across all the time to, to learn more and more and more, because they're expert, again, in managing the mass, the mass people. And they're a collective society. It's easier to govern them and control them. They're more obedient. Individualistic societies that lived in the West had to be trained. They, they'll still think they're individualistic, as they've been destroyed. It's quite fascinating, in fact, to look at it all. Again, behaviorism, so much study on us all, it's incredible. Statistics, 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 all the time. And folks, they'll read little clips in the newspapers where they'll occasionally insert stuff just to fill space, not to enlighten you. And you look at the statistics, and, and they even had one out, I think, this week on how many women. Different, again, it's so, it's so important to see what they're studying because it tells you a little bit about it. Uh, that, that they, they, and most folk never fathom what it's really all about. But a little study came out on, on women and the different periods from, say, 1950s to the present time. And the ones who would have children in each generation. Like every 20 years, basically, would they have be different from the ones 20 years before them, etc. And right down to the present, where most of them will not have children till at least, or even considered till their 30s. And even then, the ones who do are, are vastly, the percentages there, vastly reduced from what it was, say, in 1970 even. It's very important for them because they want to know when you've died out, you see. And that was the agenda too. Don't have children. Have lots of fun forever. And that was pushed across the entire Europe, entire West, Australia and the States and Canada and everywhere else too. Intentionally. And all kinds of sexual activity and gender things and so on too. Because if you don't breed, then it's even better for them. That's the agenda. And for all the rest of the countries that are flooding in, once everyone else is gone they're, and they're left, then they'll, they'll be working on them as well. And I'm sure, I'm sure the next hundred years has worked out pretty well exactly, step by step and phases, because that's how they do it. And it's pretty precise. And the beauty of it is, only those who work on making it all happen are aware of what's going on. The general public that's targeted haven't got a clue. They haven't got a clue. Generations come and go and they haven't got a clue. I mentioned it before too, it's very similar to, I think it was the Who that sung talking about my generation. 
that was a big, big thing way back in, in the old days when the revolutionary movement, for folks who don't know, that's what the music was all about. And well directed too by the, the industry and the star creators, as they call the whole industry, of those who make people stars. You had Bob Dylan, of course, who had his, his career mapped out to him before you even heard of him. And heavy, massive promotion, of course. Come and gather around people wherever you roam, etc. And the waters have grown, blah, blah, blah. Don't stand in the doorway, don't stand in the hall. In other words, get out of the way, all those that, that, that are not going to participate, get out of the way. That was a revolutionary song, get out of the way. Come mothers and fathers throughout the land, don't criticize what you, you can't understand. Your sons and your daughters beyond your command. Huh? That's a revolution. It was for world revolution, violent if it could be, but anyway at all. To, to destroy the old system, Dylan didn't dream this up. He was well managed by the culture creators. And these culture creators were appointed by government agencies too. Same thing in Germany. It was interesting because that's where you clued in. That a, whole, a whole culture for post-war Germany was dreamed up during World War II in the US. And the same for Japan too. But also for the rest of Europe and for their own countries. Revolution. So the youth had to be made to believe that it was their time. Their time. They were just happening. They called it happening. It was their time when things were just happening and this excitement that they couldn't even vocalize because most of them couldn't speak. They were so stoned or they were blown out the air with the LSD and so on. But it was awfully exciting for them. And lots of sex. See, sex always goes along with freedom because the state or something else will take care of the unwanted side effects like abortions or venereal diseases and things like that, you know. So the state becomes technically the parent. And that was, again, part of the agenda. Part of the agenda. Always be understood. I've mentioned it so many times that other, luckily other folk have picked up on it too. That Hitler said it. Uh, Hitler said. And he, he was already using it because people had said it before him. That you aim your propaganda at the woman for safety. That you want safety and security. And... Generally, a husband does that. So what you do is you, you aim over the head. You make things so insecure, seeming by news, and give them fearful predictions and so on, that they'll look toward, women will look to, towards government for, for help and for the soothing cuckoo noises. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it for you, whoever it happens to be. And they bring different government agendas forth and social security and welfare and single-parent homes, all these kind of things. And therefore, you don't need the husband anymore. But the, the state is now the boss. Again, Bertrand Russell talked in quite great detail about this, because he was all for it too. And being a form of mammal and an animal, you see, they, they believe they can train you just like that too. And unfortunately, they're quite right. <laughs> we can be trained rather easily. Because you look at the basic instincts that Bernays knew about too, and you hone right in on them. And you'd even hone them finer and finer and hone them and finer and finer until you've got them where you, where you want them to be. And once you, they're, they're hypersexualized, for instance, and the state is taking care of the problems for you, then they'll never look back. They'll, 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 they'll want this as a constant, constant form of escape. Sex, 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 sex. Drugs, sex, 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 drugs, drugs, sex, sex and drugs. And that's called freedom. Until now you have problems in the geriatric homes where with uh, Viagra and all kinds of other little age, you might say. <laughs> They've got venereal diseases sp spreading inside these homes. 
But you ask them for any wisdom about life, well, they might tell you what they watched on television, if you but that's about it. Do you understand? This is, war. this is what happens at the end of a war. You're being destroyed, and you don't know it. You'll think you've been free all along, and you'll think that you made every decision yourself all along. See, to make a, a proper, they call it a properly informed decision. If you really made it yourself, but you're not properly informed, you're given one little side of something and you run with it thinking that's all there is. You're not told all the rest of it, or, or it's all meant to really, really go. You don't know, do you? And so you end up exactly where uh, the, the big masters that planned it all for you, before you were even born, where they want you to be. But most folk never figured that out. I give a little example too. Don't forget the Brzezinski mentioned in his book Between Two Ages. The system would come in of communication that would literally transmit across the entire planet so fast with all information. He's talking about the internet they would give to the public long before you'd heard of it. And and how it would change everything too. But he also talked about the technotronic era where they, they could waft frequencies across the continents and alter the personalities and behavior of the people at the same time. And that's the same book, of course, where he mentioned that most folk would have their opinions given to them, and whatever topics they talked about would come straight from the previous day's news. They've trained everyone to do that, but they don't know it. You don't know it if no one's going to be there to tell you what's happening. Some blaring voice first thing in the morning on a radio a kind of DJ-type news blast. It's not news that they're giving you. That's not news. That's just little events of the day. That's not news. Real news is how you arrived at today. And how does today that you've arrived at fit in with the agenda for tomorrow, and etc. The long-term planning in a thousand different ways. Right down from male and female, Right down to, to the age groups of all kinds, you see. It's been perfected. I gave talks years ago about how communism was part of the, it was a second great experiment. The US was, was the first and, and the communism, the socialist system was the second. And how the Comintern, the Comintern meeting, it was 1933 or something, it was in the 30s anyway, where Beria talked and he talked about the system of indoctrination and how it's done through children. As I say, just like uh, Clegg wanting older folk to die off in Britain so they can get the agendas rammed forward. Same thing back then, and Beria mentioned, he said, it used to take a generation to, to gradually change even a small part of, of an opinion in a small area of human life and existence and behaviour. It used to take a whole generation. I was talking about 60, 70 years. But he said, now, and this is back in the 30s, 1930s, he says, we can update them by scientific indoctrination in the classroom. And every four years, in other words, every four years intake, for instance, the indoctrination would be a little bit ahead and more advanced with each intake, so that when they grew up through their lives in stages, the different folk you, you, were hitting 30, uh, some would hit 26 at the same time, some would hit 22, and so on. He said, basically, they'll all come to accept the same things at the same time with perfect indoctrination. Plan the future, their 10, 50-year plans, 75-year plans, 100-year plans. And you could definitely guide populations along the path to accept all kinds of things by the proper installation from childhood onwards. 
and that was in the 1930s. Where do you think you are today with all that? And with television? And with the internet? Think about it. I should maybe not say any more about that, because, you know, there's folk coming out with books all the time from, from the, the thousands of talks I've given on all this stuff. Uh, but they never mention you at all. Hey? That's also part of the system we live in, isn't it? Kind of sad that. I would have a lot more time to write all this stuff. And I, I had that, that oh, it was really a decision to make some time ago. I make it over and over. Is it best to churn books out or is it best to, to and get some money in or just put it out for free and, and leave it to people to give you the occasional toss the bone to you, as I say. You know, toss a bone once in a while to you to keep going because, uh, but then I thought, well, you know, and, and it's true enough, I do, I know, I know who's put the books out and where they've got the stuff from, the material and all the rest of it, even verbatim, and the, the kind of terminology I use and the phraseology, but they never mention you. But uh, by the same token, I've, I've reached so many folk across the planet that uh, at least the message does get out, I suppose, and that's, that's the, the kind of reward you get. Although I, I definitely need the cash for sure, just to tick along here. I don't live well. I don't, I'm pretty poor the way I live, believe you me. And the cost that I have. Remember the books that I do have up there, which are again different. Again, you can buy at cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. I should also mention too, you can donate to me, and you can use PayPal, or you can uh, send a check, or you can uh, get a, a money order, postal money order, or whatever. And you can even send cash. And help me take along because it's important. It's important the stuff that I do put out because I don't think the same way as most people do. And that's what I say. I, I try to make uh, you connect to dots, and hopefully you will connect to dots for yourself as you go through life. Life is just a, a bunch of clues and a big detective story, and it's up to you to pick them out from bits and bites of information. And, and put it together As I say, the main thing is to remember Things don't happen just by themselves People who are in power, just like any big business Don't allow anything to get out of their control That's what power is about, keeping control And they keep control by planning the future Implementing the future And if all the machinery must get fed and, and paid off That helps to work to implement their future and it's a big future across the planet For a whole planet's worth of people And again, too, right down to the time When they start tapering off the population It's already happening In different ways, too Cancers are skyrocketing Sterility in the West is Incredibly high It's not happening by itself We have all kinds of bacterial and viral warfare programs on the go And chemical ones, too Very old programs they dig up the old carcasses, the, the old bodies that were frozen in the, the permafrost of the north that died of the Spanish flu. Why would they send guys off to do that? And why would they end up back in the biowarfare labs, eh? these killer ones? Why do you think? But that's, that's how it happens. And you're taught to think that, that everything that's called government, every, every department, every agency... This, this to do with government is somehow on the up and up and, and somehow more respectable and, and more Hollywoodish respectable. In other words, you know, it's, it's imaginative, it's not real than anybody else. Because 
the system has the same humans, actually more psychopathic humans working at the top or near the top, and even in the agencies too, than you get down below at the bottom. Psychopaths can recognize each other, by the way, very quickly. And they can work together, different kinds of psychopaths, for their own benefit. And their own benefit outweighs uh, the rights of anything beneath it. They always gravitate towards power and money, big money. That's what runs the world. And then you have an elite who are inbred over many centuries of, even with royalty, for instance, as an example, there's other kinds as well, but there's royalty too, that similarly were big families that slaughtered other families around them until they could have armies, pay off armies. Again, money's a big thing for that too, that event of money. They can hire the mercenaries and you have big armies and then you kill more folk off and take over more land until you are the head of it. And all royalties started off the same way. And some of them became tribes and groups and all the rest of it. And money at the top, who, who, who that's been vicious, of course, uh, wars are, are always started by economic reasons. And for reasons that they don't go over. There's no such thing as going out to help people in any country. Really, there's not at all. There's not. It's always to do with taking over resources under the guise of whatever it happens to be. Disgusting, really. But that's the way it is. And they have wars over it, too. And war is very simple to, to, to manage a war. You, first, you must indoctrinate the public that your people are somehow very respectable and very up and above board and honest. And when they claim that this enemy is a real bad, vicious, nasty, whatever it happens to be, then you'll believe it. Because why would they lie to you? Just like the, the, you had the Iraq War and the Afghanistan War and all the rest of it, but the Iraq War especially, where Bush himself during the inquiry said, he says, oh no, he says, I never said that uh, they invaded Iraq because uh, Saddam Hussein uh, had anything to do with 9-11. Cause of course they actually did all that rubbish at the time. And it took their oil and all the rest of it. But he, but he says, no, he says, we're just better off without Saddam Hussein. That's what he said. So the leaders of one country can just say that, that sovereign country can say that the leaders of another sovereign country should be taken out because you don't like them, in your opinion. And you think that's lawful. And look at the fallout. And it was all part of the big agenda of the PNAC group. They, they published a list of it. And Clark, General Clark, Came out with the rest of the list too, same list, right across, actually all the way to Egypt actually, but they wanted Libya out too, and they're getting what they want, there's only a couple of countries, they've finished off Syria, of course they'll still be, and the US will still be covertly funding uh, trouble in Syria, and they're going to take out Iran as well, as long as Prince Trump's in, because the peanut group, or actually the, the, the neocons are, are back in power, for folk who haven't figured it out. <laughs> And Bolton, of course, is one of the top ones in it. The war hawk, as they say. And the fallout will be tremendous. But that's a whole other story. But this is part of the agenda as well. I've never seen an agenda that those at the top have planned that they've never fulfilled. Sometimes it's postponed a little bit because of whatever it happens to be. But they get round to it and they generally get the job done. And with the rest of the countries, it must be on that list that has to be taken out. There'll be masses. I mean, you think they're flooding into Europe right now. And they're trying to accommodate all these people and, and put them on welfare and feed them. It's bad enough to not wait till you see what will happen if you do the rest of these countries. It also shows you the farce of the economy. 
But if you're broke and so broke in a service economy, but you can still somehow get money to, to from welfare for welfare, etc. That it shows it's a far somewhere in this whole con game of whoever's managing the money. I think this tax zeros on to the end of the every year. How many zeros at the end do you want to give yourself more? <laughs> really, eh? And we're taught to believe the system's all real. It's quite amazing. But yeah, you look at you look at the the war. That was planned. I mean, Julian Huxley was one of the big planners for it too, way back. And uh, you, you find the same thing even with old Thomas Huxley, who was lauded, really, uh, who took over from Darwin. And they called him Darwin's bulldog. But the guy literally was the head of every major agency in society of science you'd imagine. He was also kind of related to the <laughs> another guy who was a recipient of the corpses of Birkenhair. Whenever they, they break the laws, it's, it's always in a good cause, you understand. That's how they justify having their wars, too. The noble lie, they call it. I've been through that, too. This is the noble lie of why you're going to invade and take things over and so on. You're going to bring them democracy by slaughtering them. Where have you heard that before? And then Tony Blair is back in the limelight, too, trying to get the British folk uh, whipped up again, because he's, he's been put in again, because he whipped up the last war that Britain was involved in, in Iraq, etc., that was his job, a one-man band, and uh, he's back there again doing the same kind of thing. You can see the agitation building. You can smell it building, actually. There are signs and symptoms of it, too, with the splits in the difference inside the parties and so on. They all know what's coming, but the public don't. The war in the public has been so long, so long, I'm surprised it's functioning at all, to be honest with you. But the old idea of having a family... And children, uh, with a man and a woman, staying together, it's almost destroyed. Intentionally, of course. And well documented from before it all happened to, to this whole procedure right to the present time. Once again, for instance, they had another big do this weekend, Friday onwards, for the long, the long weekend holiday for Easter in the UK. And some of the papers like to show you the fallout and the, the revelers and and you'll see them again in the major cities, mainly, you know, English folk, they're showing your Welsh folk, drunk in the streets, men, women, lots of women. And it's amazing, the temperature, I think, was about three degrees centigrade or something. And they're out there with hardly, not, I mean, hardly anything on at all, regardless of the weather, and falling all over the place. But they show you this every, apparently it's like that, it's very common in these cities now. And has been every weekend, not just on holidays, basically. But you should see them. For instance, in the Daily Mail, they, they show you them, the photographs. And it, it simply reinforces the fact there's been a war upon you. And then you tie it in, in the same paper, with, again, the statistics of how many of them in the age groups are going to have children and who are not. Most of them won't have children at all. Or if they do, they're, they're actually aborted before they're born. That's the end of a society or a a people that you're watching as they're staggering around there getting drunk and having fun. And again, it was planned that way. It's not their fault. It's been promoted to everything they see. They were all raised on music television and this is what they see on it all the time and, and promoted as a normal system of culture. And they don't know they'll die off. It doesn't occur to you that that will happen. But obviously you're not going to have children. It's going to happen, isn't it? 
There's another one too about some little fit. These are all filler articles, really. This woman was in Brazil, I think it was, or down the Amazon jungle way. At some retreat for meditation, one of these touchy-feeling things, meditation. And she went missing for a month, supposedly, in the jungle. But supposedly she um, was out. They found her. They brought her in. They found that they had the guys out there searching for the police or whatever. And this is the story they give you. It's, it's quite amazing. They see her picture there. There she is, all quite happy, all the attention she's got. You know, you know that's one symptom there right off the bat. And and she she said that she was learning, learning to, to, to live off the food of the sun. The food of the sun, you see. And it, right off the bat, it, it reminded me of, of the Breatharians, the old the old Breatharian story they put out back in the 80s, I think it was, of a woman who, who'd managed to, to live just on air. She was so enlightened. Whereas this one that they pulled out the jungle, a red-haired kind of, I think she was kind of fair-haired anyway, recently was claiming that she, she, she learned to live just off the sunlight, just like a plant, I suppose, you know. You can believe whatever you, else you want, but there she was with this little, you know, have they, they had these little things stuck in their noses and things you know, through their skin, and I thought, my God, you know, at one time, maybe a, maybe a generation or two generations ago, maybe even folk that preceded her went over there, and they they were went over there meeting people in the jungle with things sticking out their noses, and there she is getting helped out by the people, and she's got the thing sticking in her nose. I thought, wow, there you go. There you go. Who, who, who's the supposed, as they used to call them, savages? Eh? That was what they always. Whoever they, whenever you take over a, a country, you always call the native savages. Isn't that amazing? Eh? Anyway, who's a savage now? Eh? Think about it. Then they're falling all over the streets back home in their countries on weekends. I'm not bitching about things. What I'm saying, I just state how it is, how things are. It's important to state how things are. If you don't understand how things are and how it got to, to be the way it happens to be, then you really are in trouble. You're completely lost with nowhere. You don't have a tether to hang on to. And you must have tethers to something, to the past, to culture, to something, to me, to purpose. You've got to have purpose. And you, you, you can actually drink or, or take drugs forever and party galore. That, that isn't going to give you Eventually you burn out on that too It'll kill you And it still won't fill some of the gulf inside you Of purpose and meaning It won't happen You're going to use your mind The greatest enemy that, that, that exists in the world The greatest enemy Is you And your mind Inside your mind You have the capability To change everything and it starts by using your mind for yourself. Don't forget the United Nations said the same because they deal with the mass man and woman, the collective, the world collective, the masses, they call it masses, masses. And they say, you know, the greatest enemy to their big plan is the individual or individualism. And that's why it's stamped out almost completely. If you're an individual today and you think for yourself, oh, you're a suspicious person. Why do you want to go off and read a book and think for yourself? Why? Why don't you want to put it up on Facebook? Every thought that you have. <laughs> Why don't you? 
What are you hiding? That's what that's all for. All that rhetoric about the individual. The greatest enemy of the entire agenda is the individual who has the ability to think and who has original thoughts for themselves. Remember, too, Albert Pike, who belonged to the World Revolutionary Movement, who wanted, who was part, and all these big masonry groups, all these masonry groups are used for collectivization and standardization of cultures and the elimination of the nation state, by the way. And Albert Pike, who was head of it, said, talking about the masses again, you see, he said, the person, meaning everyone's born with a brain, you see, he said, he says, the one who's born with a brain, but does not use it, is therefore, because you don't use it, you're therefore stake on the table and a beast of burden by choice and consent. That goes across the entire planet to every agency that's managing the masses, as they call it. That's how they see you. Think about it. There's nothing out there that's put there simply because Someone just wants a buck. You might think that Facebook, oh yeah, wow. Facebook is a very important part of this governance structure. It didn't create itself, and Zuckerberg didn't either. And the same with Google and all the rest of them. These were planned long ago to take over and be the governance, part of the governance agencies that run the planet and run your minds for you and all information. Years ago, too, they used to have the head CEOs of, of Google on, <laughs> years ago, on live programs back in the 90s, on television, and they'd admit in interviews, they would actually admit that, uh, yeah, that they were at the very least, at the very least connected in some way with uh, MI6 and CIA and so on. And so is a lot of your television program, too, by the way. Don't forget the CIA bought a lot of shares in the BBC a few years ago, and I read it on there at the time when it happened, from the British papers. We forget these things, and you wonder why you're constantly getting bombarded with all these suggestions on television and all the depressing, depressing uh, role-playing that they have in the British um, television plays and so on. All men are bad. Uh, The women are strong. They're detectives and everything. And very foul-mouthed, a lot of them too. Anybody who uh, emulates what they see is not going to make a very, a very appealing partner. It's all intentional. Same with the guys you know, who can't make decisions. They're all, they're all, they're all wimpy type of characters they give you. And, and and of course they're so stupid, aren't they? In these fictions, these fictitious portrayals of them, all by design. There's nothing out there that isn't managed and politicized by design. Nothing. Not these days. When you find an old, old movie, it's a gem to find when there's, there's no statements in it to, to warp your mind. It's just different. Very rare. Very rare indeed. I mean, writers, even in books and novels and movies, get paid many different grants from agencies and governments and all that to insert this and insert that, make sure you do that, and so on. So it's incre- Nothing's left alone these days. Everything's politicized to warp your mind. You know something? I, when I sat down, I wasn't even sure what I was going to say. But these things just happen to you. I had a whole stack of stuff I was going to read, and so but there's, there's not much point in doing it because most of it is, is really doesn't mean much at all. 
They constantly churn out nonsense every day, but that, as I say, it's not news. Not news. The only time you can pick topics is when it fits in with maybe an idea of a theme for tonight. And that's what's important, of course, because for those out there who can think, and I know they're isolated to be so many people across the planet get in touch with me and keep in touch with me as we go through this life, having to bite our tongues over and over and over and over again in a sea, a massive sea of, of indoctrinated, ego-driven people who just literally have been trained to be happy, which allows horror to happen. I've said this to people before. Horror, horror happens because our parents said nothing. Horror happens in our lifetime. And horror is going to happen in the future because we say nothing. And everyone keeps their head down because they want to have fun and be happy. Well, that's, that's got consequences for everybody, doesn't it? Now, some of the things I'll just touch on might tie in a little bit. I mentioned Facebook. Well, I'll put a couple of links up to do with Facebook, to do with the fact that this isn't the first, this isn't news. I mean, Zuckerberg did this about 2009 and 10, I think it was too, where he said that he called the people stupid effers, you know, that used him and, and they didn't think that he was going to sell their information. He says they're really stupid. He says they're the stupid effers, he says. Of course he was going to sell it. But everything out there is collecting your data. The only thing is they're telling you a little bit, a little bit more at the time of how much to keep, etc. But even then, they always lie. So I'm sure everything's kept. And but what's interesting, perhaps, in one of the articles I have here, is about this: all all the data managed to keep on you that you don't even know about, that you don't even think you put up yourself. They collect it from other sources that that you're being rather careless about. Of course they do. And then they come out and say, oh, they're going to ban the use of third-party data to target ads that users in an effort to improve privacy. Do you believe this up to you? You know, fool me once, huh? Shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on who? Huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. What do you expect, though? What do you expect? And another article, too, is No More Secrets. New mind-reading machine can translate your thoughts and display them as text. Instantly. And again, it's your tax money at work of how to make you the perfect slave. People will come to love their servitude indeed, because most of it, well, they say, oh, so worth the reading your mind, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> That's how they did it with the rats. It was a big, big experiment way back in the 50s, I think, and continued into other, other classes and universities and that, where they had the rats strapped up to little machines, and they had them trained, of course, to pull a little lever for seed, but also they had little implants into their brain with a little hard wiring, and they could actually target the sexual part of their brain. And when they did that, they gave another lever, and the rat would starve itself to death, just pulling the lever for the sexual stimulation continuously, 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 continuously. Do you think that had anything to do with a massive promotion of sexuality for humans? Or did they just want to make rats a lot happier? That's all they do with us, naturally. But anyway, I'll put some links up too. And you'll find that, well, apart from all the articles on folk getting stabbed across Europe there, it's just becoming, not, even with children are coming in as refugees are killing folk. Again, it's breaking the eggs, you know, it's the eggshells and, you know, making the omelette and all that stuff they keep talking about. An article two was from RT, you know, say, oh, goodness, that's a Russian article. And it says, how Iraq war destabilized the world and why the neocons aren't finished yet. 
And it's pretty accurate as far as I can see here. And it mentions Bolton too, because he was a big part in Iran War too, and that's why he's back in right now. He's targeting Iran. Iraq War was the one, but he's now targeting Iran, which has been on the on the cards for a while actually. That's part of the reason I think Trump was put in. And really, there was nobody else for people to vote for anyway. Really, if Clinton had had promised the same thing, you know, with using troops on the ground and in a real tough way instead of just using proxy armies. She would have got in. It's nothing to do with what the public want. Also in Germany, you've got state of emergency declared as 80 men from three different groups brawled in the streets with machetes. And it's said that they were from different groups, Turks, Lebanese and Kurds, it says, you're all fighting each other. And again, that's what you just have to get used to, you see. China, a little article here on China and how it's, it's from a few years ago, actually, and it's on weather modification. They're a bit more honest, although they're using old-fashioned techniques to do it. But it talks about uh, they're going to pour uh, billions into rainmaking, and uh, they're putting quite advanced techniques in mountaintops, and where they're going to spray stuff out of permanent installations on the mountaintops to, to alter the weather. It's quite, uh, quite something. Because they want more rain for uh, a big area in northeast China, to, which they've picked for agriculture, big agriculture. So they go into the big, big program and so on. They should just borrow all the all the air forces that are doing us, because we had it all week last week of this area, and we've got snow again today. It works awfully well. And I was going to put up smart cities, but the smart cities thing, the term smart is to throw you off condemning what's getting put out there. Like a smart meter It's hard to argue with something so smart It's almost like intelligence See how everything is wording And perception management again Smart, smart, smart So it's hard to criticise something that's intelligent Well you criticised intelligence See marketing companies were paid lots of money To come up with these terms So you, you won't attack them Well it's smart isn't it It's intelligent it's all control mechanisms, smart cities, and signs that can talk and so on, and posters and all that kind of stuff. Funny that, because I, I just saw an old Ray Bradbury thing, it was on television apparently in the 80s, and I've got an old disc here, Ray Bradbury's series. And one of them, there's a guy locked up in a loony bin, because, uh, but he's got peace, the guy comes in to interview him, it's in the future sort of thing, which might be now, I don't know. He smashed every every gadget and gizmo that at one time was was, was ju- just uh, predicted to come into being. But it's all in, and it's actually here today, including cell phones. And he smashes everything that, that interrupted his thoughts wherever he happened to be. He could even have his lunch outside at work in peace without the darn phone going off in his pockets and stuff like that. And uh, he smashed everything for peace. And inside his solitary cell. He said to the guy who came, who came to interview him or diagnose him or try to actually help him get out. He says, I don't want to. He says, what? He, says, what? he said to the guy who came in, he says, what do you sense right off the bat? He says, nothing. He says, exactly, exactly. There's peace, quiet. 
So their so-called smart cities are, are going to track you, monitor you, and talk to you and all the rest of it your entire life. You have no peace whatsoever. And then you, t- you couple that with this, this machines, of course, they're going to read, read your thoughts and pick your... Like, actually, apparently, you can pick the, the, the vowels that you use and work them into sentences. I've also put up links before, mind you, where they show you the... The, the, the different scientists using different imaging technology were on the occipital part of the, the brain. I, I knew they would do this. I even talked about it like almost 20 years ago. But I knew they would do it. And uh, they can actually see, and, and not as clear as could be, at least what they show us, uh, what you're thinking, what you're picturing, or what you're even looking at. But I think it's probably clearer than that now, in fact. And who knows, who knows what's built into your little computer there, by the way. Do you know the radiation around those computers? This is quite amazing. Those, even those little gadgets that sense electricity in a wire, you know, they rub before you, before you, if you want to see if it's live or not, you can touch the insulation on it. It'll actually sense it. The you put near your computer screen and listen to that thing howl away there. And you're supposed to be stuck your head quite close to that thing. But again... It's part of the agenda. Meanwhile, as I say, the, so many articles and different papers are just, just, just casual things, not, not, not putting it together, but just, just talking about all the different people that are, have got cancers of the brain and stuff like that. Quite amazing. Another going to bring in the, is it the 5G system in with the, these repeater little towers all over the place and stuck on the side of buildings, maybe even your houses. Quite amazing, eh? And it will affect you. They did it. Lots of experiments. I even did the talks on them years ago on uh, guys who had worked for the government agencies on, on literally uh, disabling ability to think clearly uh, for warfare purposes by using techniques like that, uh, like Brzezinski talked about too. Uh, these guys worked on it, and they said it can definitely make you drowsy, forgetful, make you passive, or, depending on the frequency, it can make you aggressive. And it works very, very well. And that was a long time ago. It's much more perfected today. You have it all, you have it all attached to your homes with your smart meters, for instance. Everything out there is to do with control, total control, by those who, who pretty well run the planet. I say pretty well. They, they do run the planet pretty well completely. There you go. Sad but true. But the folk don't know it. Remember? What Huxley said in the 1930s in, in Brave New World. And it, it, the whole idea was to bring the people, give them so much what appeared to be, appeared to be pleasure and freedom and sexual freedom, etc. And the state would take care of all problems for them. They would love their servitude. There you go. You'd love your servitude. Having so much fun. Peter Pan forever. Well, I've babbled on quite a bit here, and as I say, I didn't really know what I was going to talk about. I had a whole stack of stuff to, to, art, to talk about the articles and so on. But really, as I say, you've got to connect things in your own minds together. Use your minds. Think about it. And I, I know the hardest thing is having no one to talk to, or very few folk to talk to, or even the ones you can that don't want to hear all the time about what you've got to say. Not everyone can handle the truth. In previous times, folk could handle the truth more because they didn't have the intense indoctrination 
the indoctrination also has this built-in responses to, 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 to truth. They doesn't want to hear it. So in a Pavlovian style, they try to reject it. It makes them uncomfortable. Certain terms, in fact, will immediately make them recoil. Just terminology. That's how well it works. And the studying on us all goes on continuously. Not just in Facebook, because with everything is electronic, as you know. Everything. Everything's kept and recorded. Phone calls, everything is recorded and kept forever. They even tell you about the, the hundreds of acres they keep building all the time for new buildings to store it all. That's for all data, not just the, the aggregate nonsense or, or who, who you're texting or emailing to. It's, it's what's in it all, the content of it all, the phone calls, everything. But you're free. You're free. That's what they tell you. As long as you do what you're told and pay up when you're told and all the rest of it, you're free. Look at all the sex you can have. And the state will take care of all the problems. So they claim, but they won't. They can't, actually. I noticed there, <laughs> some, somebody had picked up uh, the super gonorrhea that's resistant to almost all antibiotics now. I brought it back to Britain from the East, you know. And uh, if one person has done that, then many more have done it too. Brought it back as well. And literally, that's where, where it's all meant to go as well. There are consequences. To everything, there's consequences. Everything. Even having too much fun. There's some countries that have too, so much fun when the weather's good and uh, everything's great that they, they don't even, they'll, they'll put work off and work off. The old story of if you don't uh, make hay while the sun shines and plan for the future, well, consequences. Consequences. Same in different parts of Africa where there's so, many, so much corruption and people wanting to get to power and you follow different leaders and when you're following the leaders for little inter, intergroup warfare, then no one's planting in the fields and so on. And starvation, and then the hands out to the UN, the World Bank, and income to terms. Okay, you have to, we'll help you here, but we want the rights to mine this and mine that and all the rest of it for this amount of money. And so on it goes. Nothing's for free. But you have the freedom to think if you want to use it. And that is yours. Of course it is. Anyway. I didn't mean to go along this tangent tonight, but as I say, it just came to me as soon as I started talking. And uh, maybe it had to be said. And times are coming when you can't say much at all. Seriously. Anyway, from myself, Alan Watt, from Ontario, Canada, on a snowy day and night and evening, it's good night to me. Your God, or your gods, go with you. 